sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Back here on The Big Show, Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris with you on KTGR and KTGR.com on this Kansas City Chiefs game day. How about that? Monday Night Football, Chiefs-Eagles, the Super Bowl rematch that we're excited to get to talking about here in just a couple of minutes with a Monday edition of Who You Got? Chiefs-Eagles. At 525, though, we do have to talk Mizzou men's basketball. Didn't go the way we hoped it would last night against Jackson State, a previously winless team. Yeah, that's not great news for this season. We'll try and unpack it coming up at 525. And then a little Cardinals talk at 545. Because the Cardinals made a signing of an old friend to their starting rotation. We'll talk about that at 545. Give us a call or a text at 573-875-KTGR to chime in on the topics of the day in sports. But first, let's do this because it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the big show. Number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number 1? You can have curtain 1. Dramatics at the end of the Mizzou-Florida football game on Saturday, and the Tigers eventually came out on top. They did not play their best. The defense clearly had some issues tackling, blowing coverages, things like that. Offense wasn't really efficient enough in the red zone to try and win that game maybe a little more handily. But in the end, Brady Cook decided to put the team on his back on 4th and 17. He found Luther Burden downfield. They got even further into field goal range, down a point, late in the game in the final minute and Harrison Mevis delivers the field goal like he always does and the Tigers go to 9 and 2 overall the New Year's 6 bowl possibilities are still alive for them as they head into Arkansas this week that's going to be a similar test we'll see if the Tigers are up for it on a short week number 2 number 2 your timing is impeccable yeah it's big tonight uh, for the Chiefs and the Eagles in the Super Bowl rematch you know both teams the other it, it obviously proves that, you know, you can win these big type of games against the top competition in all of the NFL. But you could also argue that both teams probably do need this game. If the Eagles lose it, they fall to 7-3, and three, which I believe would have them tied with the Lions for top spot in the uh, NFC. And for the Chiefs, they would fall a half game behind uh, Baltimore for the same top spot in the AFC. So, you know, all games are big for these games going forward because they're the next one. But... Against a tough opponent like this, both teams have some good amount of things on the line. It's a 7-15 kickoff from Arrowhead tonight. Number three. Man, Mizzou Mets basketball just melted down in the final minute against Jackson State, and they were handed a loss that no one really expected them to have at this point. 73-72. Jackson State comes in and gets their first win of the season. Tigers... Well, they just have a few things to figure out when it comes to their rotation. They can't play that many guys and expect to have consistency on the floor all the time. So we'll see what Dennis Gates uh, is able to cook up for the next couple of games. They get South Carolina State on Wednesday night to try and get back on track. Number four. Four. Oh, a shank. Interesting signing for the Cardinals. They bring back veteran pitcher Lance Lynn on a one-year $10 million deal. Lynn is, uh, of course, a familiar name for St. Louis, pitched here for a few years, and you know the Cardinals need a whole lot more stability in that rotation. They can certainly get it from Lynn. The question is, there need to be more moves after this. Where will the Cardinals go? Number five. 
Brandon Staley, you need to realize that if your defense doesn't play well, you're going to get asked if you're the defensive play caller. It's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. Uh, so let's let's get right to it here. Who you got? Monday night football tonight. Chiefs and Eagles. And, and again, I got to say, like both of these teams are in spot. Like, we see both of them as very clearly, probably talent-wise, the way that they're playing, uh, the expected Super Bowl champion if you had to pick it today. Or uh, Super Bowl matchup, I should say. The matchup. Say, right? Yeah. It's coming from one of these Yeah, two I teams. mean, I... I said what I said last week about the 49ers. Um, you know, I'm I'm still kind of in that mode thinking that they they got a shot to beat the Eagles out of the NFC, but it, it wouldn't be controversial to say Eagles Chiefs probably the expected matchup by most people. Um I'm I'm still kind of same on the San Francisco side of that, but I understand where you're coming from. The Eagles have looked really good. Uh they've they've won all but one of their games and offensively they're a nightmare to try and stop because of what Jalen Hurts can do. Man, I just hope the Chiefs don't don't face too many short yarded situations defensively tonight because I think it's just an automatic it's an automatic first down, Andy. It's, yeah. it's like the referee could come out and say, Yeah, penalty on the defense, two yards, uh automatic first down. Okay. Why would you that's just the way it feels when you go up against what these guys have been doing. It just seems inevitable when you get to that point. So yeah, you're right. And, and look, every time that uh, two teams like this meet up uh, in such a high magnitude game, uh, it's usually not a Super Bowl rematch. Like you, you can you can see Super Bowl rematches down down the road. Like the the Chiefs last year, or, or maybe the year before that, they still played Tampa Bay, but it wasn't like both teams were were high up on the mountaintop when they were playing each other. Like it was early in the season. This is Week Eleven. We're in mid November. And we know they're all back. And they're both yeah, atop they're the their, their respective conferences. So, like, I, neither season is over if they lose it, but I think it absolutely does make an impact on uh, how the rest of their season could go if they end up spinning out into maybe two or three losses in a row, things like that. You know, it's kind of interesting because as much as it is obviously a huge game on paper, I don't think... Anything we could see tonight is going to convince me that either the Chiefs or Eagles aren't fit to make a Super Bowl run. Like, I think we're both, they're both capable of doing it regardless of the outcome tonight, but you still want to see how you size up against them, right? Like, that if you think there's a chance you're going to be seeing them in three months, this is going to be a lot of fun to to kind of say, all right, we, we saw them nine months ago. What's changed? What's maybe the same? Andy, what would you say has changed the most between these two teams since we saw that? Super Bowl. It was like 38-35, right? right. The, the high-scoring matchup. We've talked to, uh, over the past week about how the game total for this one is not anticipating that same type of game. And so the answer to my own question would be the Chiefs' defense leveling up the way they have, Andy. To me, probably the biggest difference that we've seen. Well, yeah, and it hasn't really been too much because of personnel changes. It's just that the that side of the ball is just developing a lot better right now. And I mean, even on offense, you haven't seen all that many personnel changes. I mean, both tackles. But, I, I mean, you, you're talking about teams that are largely the same from from when they were playing back in February earlier this year. 
and they're just trying to level up their game a little bit more uh, week by week. So uh, that's what's been really interesting. And, you know, another thing that I find really interesting, this might be a hot take, but I, I don't know if it's all that hot because there's evidence to back this up. There's history to back this up. If this ends up being the Super Bowl matchup later on, do you think whoever loses this game probably wins the Super Bowl? Huh, that's you know? interesting. Because you think that it could almost propel them to exactly. change whatever needs yeah, to be changed. Make the adjustments and win the game that matters in the end. I don't think it's that hot of a take. If I didn't have the 49ers as the bug in my ear, um, obviously you said if this ends up being the Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. I kind of like that, though. It's, I mean, it is a little bit of a hot take. But I don't think it's anything that's off the wall crazy because adjusting in the NFL is the name of the game. And again, there are going to have to be adjustments made tonight to what happened in the Super Bowl. And everybody kind of felt like, hey, this could be that high-flying Super Bowl, and it was, and it was awesome. But now you look at the adjustments that are going to be made, Philly's going to realize, like, all right, this Kansas City defense is something different. Like Andy said, the personnel not all too different, but I think you're seeing young players – the likes of McDuffie and Karloftis and some of these guys that were just getting their feet wet are now kind of anchoring their positions. Um, obviously, for the Chiefs, no Nick Bolton back yet is is a thing. But I'm interested to see kind of how the Eagles want to approach this because the Chiefs have the second-best scoring defense in the NFL. They've allowed, I believe, fewer than 16 points per game this season. We know the Eagles can pour it on, but how aggressive do they want to be? Because I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball on the Chiefs tonight. Their running game has just not been... Like, the running back... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, Chiefs have been really good stopping the run. Secondly, I don't really know who in that Philadelphia backfield they trust to run between the tackles and and get you, you know, first downs and short yardage other than their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I think he'll have a nice game running the football, but I think the Chiefs will largely shut down their running backs in the run game. Now, if Jalen Hurts is able to get... The ball out quick to guys like DeAndre Swift. He's a playmaker. He might be able to hurt you in that regard. But that's what I'm saying. I'm curious to see how they're going to come out in this game. Because to me, it doesn't benefit the Eagles to go, let's establish it. When they don't really have that between the tackles running back as a strength on their roster. Kenny Gainwell, not really that guy. DeAndre Swift, they haven't, I, I guess they still have Rashad Penny on the, the team, but I don't think he's really played. <laughs> right. I just don't really know. I think you come out and you try to sling it a little bit on the Chiefs, which they can stop you doing. But and that's kind of what but the Super Bowl the, felt like too, see, right? No, no, I that's get why I'm that. curious if they go, if they change it up or not. Here's what I'll say though: the Chiefs have been better at defending the pass than they have been defending the run. And look, like as far as yards per game, they're middle of the pack. But yards, if you look at yards per rush, they're actually 29th in the NFL. So it's not that teams I hear you. can't really run against them. It's that they haven't. And when they have, it's actually been successful. Can I paint you a picture, though? What? Off the bye week, yeah. Arrowhead Stadium, Monday Night Football, no, Super right, Bowl uh, rematch. No, yes, no. You don't uh, think that defense is going to be oh, primed to stop? Because that's what it is. It's sure. toughness that stops a run. Yeah. It's just sheer will to get it done. And I just don't see Philly running the ball on the Chiefs tonight with their running backs. I want to leave room for Jalen Hurts. I think one of my favorite props is Jalen Hurts to just get a million rushing attempts because it's one of those games where you have to kind of take matters into your own hands if you want to win it as the quarterback. And I could see Mahomes on the other side maybe feeling the the, 
necessity to do that a little bit as well. Use his legs if the opportunity should present. I just am curious, like you said, yes, the Chiefs stopped the pass so well. That's what the Eagles do best, in my opinion, is beat you downfield with their various weapons. It could be interesting, though, to see how no Dallas Goddard will impact things because he's really a third legit weapon in the passing game behind A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith that they're not going to have tonight. And who steps up into that void? Do they try to throw to the running backs more as a result? Like, I'm just very compelled. That's the angle of this game that I think is the most interesting. How do the Eagles want to attack the Chiefs' defense, knowing that the Chiefs defensively, their strength is kind of what the Eagles, if you wanted to make it the higher-scoring game like the Super Bowl and try to run and gun on you, that's what the Eagles, I think, would have to do. The Chiefs are content to play ball control on offense, though. I think we know what the Chiefs are going to do coming out, and they're going to have those long-sustained drives. I don't know how many explosive plays they'll have, Andy, but I do think they're going to be able to put up some points. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, I I think they'll at least get enough to where they'll get into those scoring zones and it'll come down to touchdowns or field goals. I I do think it'll be uh, whoever wins the red zone battle wins this game. So I I don't have any concerns about either team finding their ways downfield. It just comes to situationally, how can you do it? And I do think, you know, even though Philly has kind of struggled at times running the football, Jalen Hurts is the key to that because you can you can get him out to the edge, try to see if you know there's a design quarterback run that he can take advantage of, scramble drill if nothing's open downfield. Uh, I, I mean, he can be very dangerous there. Drew Tranquil is going to have to have a, a really big night, might have to spy on Jalen Hurts every once in a while. So, uh, I mean, this is... This is a very unique type of offense that can beat you in a few different ways. So uh, I'm I'm not necessarily too worried about the, the Chiefs' defense uh, specifically with any one guy. I think they can get to the quarterback. I think as long as they can keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, they should be fine. But, yeah, on and then when you talk about the offensive side, Patrick Mahomes does need to make sure that he kind of sticks a little bit to the game plan here. I know sometimes off script he's at his best, but... Interesting. But, what do you mean by that? No, I mean just that you know finding ways to to, to scheme up, uh, to take short routes every once in a while. If the deep don't shot be the is hero, there, don't you tell him you tell him not to be the hero. And you've got some, uh, so you've got Travis Kelsey. You know you can make yeah, Travis trust Kelsey your receivers exactly. You don't need to go out of your body. Just trust your receiver. Like, yeah. What? What? No, trust your receivers. They're not very good. I get it. <laughs> But in a game like this, I don't think he has least, much of a no, in a game like this, you have to have everybody to win, and so I, that's kind of where I'm at. If it, if the All other right. players are stepping up, then then they win this game. And I'm not going to waste time talking about how the Chiefs don't have the depth in the receiving core. Like somebody will make some plays. Uh, Travis Kelsey's had a couple of quiet weeks. Maybe he just goes nuke, and that's how the Chiefs are able to move the ball tonight. Andy, we talked about how the total scoring projected is lower for this game because of what the Chiefs defense have has done. I think the Chiefs offense contributes to that as well because again, they don't have as many plays downfield. Their drives are often, you know, 7 minutes and then you see if it's a touchdown or a field goal at the end of it. Like that that takes time off the clock and allows for games to go under. I believe the Chiefs 2 and 7 this year in terms of games going over the total. Like their their games are over versus are under, yeah. oftentimes going under compared to over. The number though is like forty six or so, forty six and a half. What do you think? Is it because I last week I was thinking, oh yeah, sneaky on the under there because of what the Chiefs 
typically do. But now as the game's getting closer, I do this every time a primetime game's coming up, especially if it's a big one. I start looking, my eyes get big, and I go, oh, baby, what if these two just sling it and we see a big old shootout when we're not expecting one? These two quarterbacks can have that type of game. So where's your mind space right now? Uh, mindset, headspace, I combine those mind two. Space. What are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking mind as it pertains to the style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The style of game that we see tonight. You know what I'm saying. What do you think? I still think it goes under because I do think both defenses do kind of prevail here. Um, and, and again, especially if you're if you're getting them off the field uh, instead of you know letting up touchdowns. You know, there there can be some. Uh, I mean, there could be a whole lot of field goals in this game. Um, it's not that both teams want to settle for field goals. I would maybe expect Philadelphia to settle for them less often. But if you're able, again, if these defenses can lock down in the passing game, that's that's going to be the big key. Um, that that I think you will see it under because again, twenty three to twenty is not an out of box score for a game like this, and that's under. You know, so. I mean, twenty four twenty could twenty four twenty. Yeah, if that's the type of game it is. Yep. But we're gonna know, I think, relatively early. If this game goes, there's two minutes in the first quarter, and you look up and go, "Man, both teams have only touched the ball once, and it's three to three, or it's three to nothing." It. I mean, that could happen, but it could also be seven seven, and you know, you're you're marching for a third score, and that like. I'm having a hard time here because I agree that conventional wisdom would suggest, you know, the, the these uh, sports books, they don't get the big buildings out in Vegas that they have as a result of getting these things wrong. So they're saying, hey, it's going to be a little bit more of a suppressed scoring. That's why it's in the mid-40s instead of what you typically expect. The Chiefs, Eagles, these two quarterbacks, probably over 50, you would at least think. But man, I'm just part of me wonders. Part of me wonders if we don't just see the the, the the script completely flip tonight and get another wild game like we saw back in February. That would sure be something. I'd be I'd be happy to see that. Eight seven five K T G R. You can call or text us with what you'd be happy to see during Monday night football tonight. Let us know at eight seven five K T G R. Let's go to Old J now on the K T G R hotline. Old J, what's up? Okay, so first off, I think the uh Mizzou offense was conspiring against me to go on under on every one of my picks by mm. the thinnest of margins. Yeah. Because I had six and a half receivers. They had six. I had 149 and a half for Schrader. He went for 148 and yeah. like 350 for Cook. And he went, what, like three, 330 through the air. How many rushing yards did he have? Let's check on that. I thought he got there think, with the rushing. I, I looked afterwards, no, I but maybe he, he didn't run as much. I think he was literally at 349. Oh, oh boy. Was, well, yeah, well, you're a pretty good mindsetter then. You you I, said I it really close I, to accurate. Yeah, I just I just laughed. But you know what? A win's a win's a win's a win. It doesn't matter how close. That was fun. Um, basketball looked so sloppy. I turned it off. I'm like, these guys are going to lose. They looked yep, so you bad. You coming. And it's. Oh, it was terrible. And I have tickets for Saturday, so hopefully they uh, they get that stuff cleaned up. they got a couple of days. As far as tonight, if the uh, Chiefs don't win, my whole week is going to be ruined um, because it's just going to give the, the uh, Eagles another thing against for a, a tiebreaker for the Lions. So I have to see the Chiefs win 
or I'm just going to cry. That's not true. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I need a Chiefs win, so that's what I expect to see because I need one more helping thing against the Eagles for a tiebreaker against mine and Brennan's Lions. Yeah. You want that home field advantage. That's what old Jay's looking that's for. That's what he wants. Very much so. There you go. Old Jay, uh, thanks for joining us here on the Big Show KTGR. And by the way, I mean, that we'll do more of this tomorrow for the good, the bad, and the ugly, but that Lions-Bears game, it just felt inevitable that the Lions were going to find a way to, to push through with that one, and yeah. they made it happen. But my goodness, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. The Lions was still just two losses would be would 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 have a shot if the if the Chiefs can help them out tonight. We'll see, and uh, it'll be uh, tonight at seven fifteen. You can tell us who you got eight seven five KTGR to call or text us with your thoughts on Chiefs and Eagles coming up later on this evening, and we'll get all our thoughts on that. As Brendan mentioned, during the good, the bad, and the ugly tomorrow on the big show just after 4 o'clock. Keep getting your calls and texts in at 875-KTGR. We'll also talk about what old Jay was alluding to, that ugly finish for Mizzou men's basketball against Jackson State last night, and they ended up falling flat on their face in the game that they should have won. We'll talk about that. And the Cardinals' latest signing at 545 here on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Oh, yeah, big game tonight. Chiefs and Eagles, who you got? 875-KTGR. You can call or text us. Larry texting in that he has the Chiefs tonight. Bob saying weather tonight may contribute to an under. Could be sloppy conditions. 2117 Chiefs. Yeah, I guess we should probably tell people who we got, Andy, given oh, that yeah, yeah. We forgot to do that's that, what we, we were supposed to do a minute ago. <laughs> Whoops, we're not used oh, to this man. on a Monday. No, no. We're typically I mean, we're recapping just, yeah, Chiefs we're games. warming up for uh, for the next game at this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose we can. Now remember, your pick was minus two and a half, yeah, so I should hope that you yes. still agree with your own pick. No, I will. Uh, yes, I do agree with my own pick, and I think it will be 27 to 20 Chiefs. <laughs> Oh, it's the over. The over goes. The over? Okay. Yep, so I eventually think the over will get there. Did I say under earlier? It's going to barely get over, well, I think. And, I, and again, I didn't, I'm not going to hold you to that because that number's been moving and shaking all week. I thought last week that 24-20 would be an apt prediction, and I would have taken the Eagles at the time. But also, that Eagles secondary has kind of struggled. And what if this is the night that Patrick Mahomes is just like, look, I'm going to... I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to remind you guys. So, and again, fading me is always a good idea when it comes to predictions. But I think suddenly we're going to see that kind of game again. I'm still taking the Eagles on the spread. Give me Chiefs 31, Eagles 30. Ha. We're getting it. We're getting You're the getting out. it. Okay, all right. Last minute change of heart. It, it kills me every time. So when the game was, you know, 17 to 9, delete this segment forget i said anything but that's what i'm doing i'm going to say the chiefs uh they actually do win this game but they they don't cover but it's a big time offensive explosion so chris there so brendan's trying to shoot the moon there uh for the the eagles covering but the chiefs winning chris who you got oh um i'll go chiefs 27 eagles 24 27 24 yeah it's after the bye week the the offenses are good enough that that's going like that kind of point total feels like it should happen. These offense, like again, even if they have long sustained drives where the defense stands on its head or something, 
eventually you need points. They're going to come up like, with those points. Like maybe I don't know. you work on new things uh, offensively. You find some new, you know, trick plays, something like that. Something like uh, that. Yeah. I know. That makes sense. So we'll, we'll see what happens. 875-KTGR. Call or text us. Sam is here on the KTGR hotline. Sam, what's up? Gents, good afternoon. How are you? Doing great. So I'm going to go 21-17 Philadelphia, just to be contrary. All right. So All right. I just, you know, I and I hope that I, I I love it that now it's now Brendan's Lions. That 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 that's really rich. I, I think that's great. <laughs> I always say my Lions. <laughs> I always it, go with my it's Lions. Very good, just like your Bears, Sam. It's exact. It's uh, exactly the same thing. It's it's killing that killed that literally about gave me a stroke yesterday. I, I'm not lying. <laughs> oh, it, it was man. that was not I fun was, for Bears fans. Yeah, I was not a happy camper after that one. I went outside and spent a lot of time raking leaves after that. So, but that was that, that probably yeah it took a yeah. lot uh, took it off the the mind there. Appreciate the call, Sam here on the Big Show KTGR. I did yard work too yeah. yesterday. I kind of took my mind off football a little bit. Yeah, detox. I should have done that. Got some piles of leaves. I gotta <laughs> gotta get two still. Actually, gonna kill the grass uh, yeah. if I don't do it soon. Darn. We'll see. One of those things. Yeah, one of those things. Well, let's see. We've talked. Uh, we've talked. Chiefs Eagles had to do that. We talk about yard work. Uh, anybody's favorite Thanksgiving foods? No, yeah, no, we're doing that tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Anything? I'm anything. I'm begging anything, for an excuse not to talk about our next topic. Else? Yeah. I mean. The the best thing is to just take the medicine, Brendan. I think. That's, all right. That's well, the best, serve it up. Uh, all that. Uh, Mizzou men's basketball last night. Well, I wasn't even mad. I was the equivalent just, of getting, uh, you know, essentially melting down at the very end. What producer Chris just said. He said I wasn't even mad, and you would think losing to an zero and five team, the way that they did, I'd be bouncing off the walls. And first part of it, I legitimately think, and this isn't fair, but. I didn't have any emotional energy to invest. I emptied the tank at Faroe Field on Saturday night. I just didn't have it. I didn't have it in me. I needed them to just win the game against the 0-5 team, and they didn't do that. But it was hard to even be mad because, kind of like old Jay mentioned, he said he turned it off. I didn't do that. But you could, Andy, at the end of this game, you could see in slow motion what was what was happening as it happened. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, for me, it was, it's just a lack of, it's not that they don't have experienced players. I don't think they have enough of them. I don't think they have enough just killer instinct. And I get that they just had a comeback against Minnesota, and so that might kind of fly in the face of what I'm saying here. But you can't lose the game they just lost and be taken seriously. Like, that's a really, really bad loss. I, I look, uh, Jordan Butler had the ball under the basket, and it's a spot where I think they're up four at the time, Andy, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. in that final minute. And instead of dunking the basketball, it's like he – thought he wasn't allowed to just take the dunk and take the points like oh we're trying to kill clock but he doesn't pass the basketball either to get it out of his hands because he can't make a free throw and you knew before he went to the line he was going to go over to at the free throw line and it I mean, he's an inexperienced player i'm not trying to bag on the kid but like it was just little things like that that i thought continued to add up that when you look up after blowing that six point lead in 90 seconds or whatever it was the result it was hardly surprising because in slow motion i mean even nick honor misses a free throw during that stretch run. That's not yeah. like him. And it's no. just, it just felt like it felt like they were playing, like they knew th- they were inevitably going to find a way to drop this game. And I, I hated seeing them, seeing them go through that, but it just, I, it's inexplicable, man. I'm not exactly sure where to, 
where to go from here with the analysis of that one? Uh, look, it was it was very odd how it happened down the stretch because they were up six with seventy five seconds left, and you're thinking, yeah. well, if they blow this and things went absolutely horribly wrong, they, they, did. they like they they had not played all that well throughout most of the game. Now here's the thing: they shot well. They were thirty eight percent from three. 49% from the field. I mean, you can't complain too much about that. But the the turnovers, man, like that Terrible. was the killer. 18 yep. turnovers and one coming at an absolutely awful time from Caleb Grill uh, when Mizzou's up two. And they're just, they, they just need to wait for Jackson State to foul him. And he's they just throw it chucking away. it to, yeah, to nobody. Yeah, he's trying to throw down the court to somebody underneath the basket when you don't need to it's just get the ball to your free throw shooters and just go go win the game they did so good at that last year Andy and like they closed out games by knowing who needed to have the ball in their hands and making their free throws down the stretch and they didn't do either of those things last night yeah and I mean it maybe it's just some of those younger players that are playing in a few of those situations they, they probably need to grow up in those spots but at the same time you know again Mizzou played 13 guys yesterday and feels like a lot. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's too many. It, it feels like a lot because it's it's a lot. Uh and, and you had a bunch of these guys play like less than 10 minutes. John Tanjay started the game and played 7 minutes. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't really you, know what we're what we're doing if here. If you're going to start somebody then they should play at least 15, don't you think? Like I uh, I'm trying to understand it. And so uh, with the way that Mizzou is trying to cut down the rotation, hopefully at some point, um, using these games can be nice, but at the same time, when you know that you, it's a struggle and you have to find a way to win this game because you know losing it can be absolutely detrimental to the NCAA tournament resume down the road, like you've got to... What? <laughs> what, gotta what do you mean? The, we got to... We got to pump the brakes on what are you the NCAA tournament resume with this group. I mean, you're right in. You're but that right was the no. But what I'm saying game. is that's the goal yeah. going into this season, and no, you can't yeah, lose yeah. games like this because uh, I mean, uh, again, so you have to go to your experienced players a little bit more. Yeah, you want to find out about the freshmen and some of the younger guys in games like this. But there, there are times to do that, and with the score in question or the the outcome in question with less than three minutes to go and you're you're playing the freshman i get it like you you want to trust them but at some point like it's you have to get the winners out there it's not even the it's not even necessarily the freshman to me because we may find that the freshmen like robinson are the guys that you want in there i'm not sure jordan butler is the answer i mean he i don't i i don't think he should have been on the floor for that last minute um again you got to have guys that you know are going to drain free throws first of all and be able to handle the ball and make the right play so that was one example but, like, throughout the remainder of this game, and I don't know if there was a reason for it or anything like that, but you mentioned John Tanjay starting and playing seven minutes. Connor Vanover played three minutes. Is this a typo? I mean, he was... Yeah, no, no, it's, a, it's three minutes. So, like, if Connor Vanover is, you know, we trumped him up because we knew his name as a transfer. If he's not going to be somebody that's in the rotation, then he's not. We can let go of that. I, again, expressed concern when they got him. And Dennis Gates did strike out on just about all the big-name transfers we thought were maybe out there, and, and it's not to knock on the guys they did bring in, but we said with Vanover, what would it look like? Would they be able to be confident that they could play their style of transition basketball with Vanover on the floor? 
in the lack of minutes that he's getting right now makes me wonder if Dennis Gates is having those same questions. But, I mean, you're getting Sean East and Nick Honor out there for the whole game. I mean, they played about 30 minutes each. Noah Carter plays a good amount of minutes. Um, what? Which of the transfers do you think are going to be part of this group and which, which are going to be more just kind of, you're glad they're there in practice, but they're not. Because, again, it's just too many, Andy, and you can't you you can't be everything to everyone at the same time. Where you've got a lot of transfers you did bring in, which are going to be the priorities? Which freshmen are going to be the priorities? How does Aiden Shaw only see ten minutes? Like I don't. We love Dennis Gates. I'm confused by some of what we're seeing, and this was one that you really couldn't drop if we want to take him seriously as a tournament contending team this year. I have bumped down the expectations to where I I just don't think they're. They're jiving enough as a well, roster for me to think that's even going to be a, a remote possibility for this team to make the tournament, which is not the end of life as we know it. That's where my that's where my mental. Okay. I'm just giving you. No, I get. No, I understand. Good, you know, hold on, I'll finish and then you can go. You're always going to be the let's slow it down guy, and a lot of times I've been trying to get there as well. This is a case where I think we have seen enough to have legitimate reason to question whether they're going to even be in the mix. Her postseason play oh, with what we've seen so you far. You can you can question it, no doubt. I mean, the games like this are the evidence to where, uh, you know, if if this type of play continues, if they go through games like this later on this week against South Carolina State and Loyola at Mizzou Arena, and you see similar results, maybe not losses, but uh, get struggling but to uh, struggling to get uh, uh, victories in these games. I expect they'll win the next two, but. I mean, again, you're you are looking at a group that needs some time to develop, and maybe players themselves that still need time to develop. So, yeah, you might not have enough time, especially with a tougher non-conference schedule this year, to to get those quality wins on your resume as quickly as you can. But uh, look, I, I will say, like, there are other teams out there. Like, uh, look, Texas A and M last year lost two of those type games a season ago and still made the tournament. Like it's still possible. You you can you can get better as the season goes along. But last night was not one that you should have taken and and be okay with taking down the road. Not at all. Right. And I mean you can look and say, well Arkansas just lost to a nobody school, but all right, that was UNC Greensboro. They're top one hundred in Ken Palm. Jackson yeah. State was outside the top 300. I mean, this yeah, is that one was of the their worst first teams win. in the country. Yep. Dennis Gates can say they're the best 0-5 in the country. I wish he never would have said that. I understand what his role is, but it, it could be it could be a long year. I mean, if they, I'm not saying it's over that they can't kind of figure it out, but I think it's time to make some hard decisions about what this rotation is going to look like. I think that has to happen before we find any hope of of seeing this thing kind of turn around because. I mean, you you did get the win at Minnesota, and that was great to to see that happen. But the floor for this team feels like like bottom out in a way that I didn't think was possible for a Dennis Gates coach team. I don't think they'll ultimately sit on the floor, Andy. I think they'll find a way to kind of level it out. But conference play, man, is going to be a a behemoth if if these are the kinds of games that we're seeing against teams that are among like the fifty worst teams in Division One basketball. Yeah. That's that's where Jackson State appears to be. Uh, we'll see as time goes along, but I'm before I was like cautiously optimistic. Even like, all right, they got the Minnesota win under their belt. That last night could happen. Tells me they're lacking a little bit of a direction in terms of like just the the amount of experienced leaders on the floor in a given 
two-minute drill to make sure that kind of outcome doesn't happen. That shouldn't have been possible for, for the hopes that we had for this team. So we'll see. It's still early, but I am very much in the mode of like, hey, if they make the NIT, I'll be thrilled. I've I've lowered my expectations thinking this could be more of a transition year. We'll see if that ends up being the case. All right. Well, again, a lot of, a lot of season left, but we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see. 875-KTGR to call or text us uh, here on the big show. What did you think of Mizzou men's basketball last night? Uh, as we uh, continue to watch them play, they'll have a couple more games this week on Wednesday night against South Carolina State and on Saturday morning against Loyola. You can hear them both on KTGR this week. Up next, we'll keep getting some of your calls and texts and talk about... The latest Cardinals signing. Yep, this early on November 20th, they, they made a signing, and it's to the pitching staff. What do we think about it? We'll talk about that next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Oh, man, your text on uh, Mizzou men's basketball. You can get them to us at 875-KTGR. Jason texting in. It'll be a very long year. Good thing for January college football for however long you you get it in January. We'll, we'll certainly see. And you might not even, right? Mizzou, yeah. they, the, the way they have this bowl schedule, because the final Saturday of December is where you might end up seeing Mizzou play. Yeah. I think the Cotton Bowl's on Friday, it so you probably still going to get your bowl game in December. Unless you lose and go to, like, the Outback Bowl or something, maybe that would be January 1 or whatever they're calling the Outback Bowl anymore. Well, the Citrus Bowl is on January 1 as well. Is it? So. Okay, so maybe that's a shot. Yeah. I don't know. Here's my prediction, by the way. I'm just going to stuff this in here and, and forget I said it because I don't want it to be true. Wouldn't it just be very Mizzou thing to have it happen that they beat Arkansas, they they get that top 10 ranking, they play Tulane in the bowl game. Like it feels like it feels like we're on a date with Destiny with freaking Tulane, which is just like just a boring matchup. Well, Not to say it won't be a fun game. I would rather play a Penn State. You know, let's give us a power five. Penn we don't State, have that many Texas. 10-win seasons. Please, Washington. I, again, nothing against nothing against Tulane, but I want to see a power conference opponent. That would be my preference. So they'll probably find a way to stick us in in the Tulane game, which will be fun, but it'll take me a little bit to get over. Oh yeah, if that ends up going that way. Yeah, we'll see. But um, uh, but either way, it's going to be a, a high profile game. I think. I think this. As long as you get Arkansas, you get that win, you won't drop that far in the rankings to where you know a. You'll be left out in one of those games, I think. I don't think it would even be. We can start talking scenarios once we see like championship weekend, who's where and yes. with what. Yeah. Like, let's not even worry about scenarios too much until Mizzou beats Arkansas because it, I'm telling you, it's going to be a tough game. Yeah. But I have a quick question before we get to Lance Lynn talk, Andy. Do you think, and we'll probably have more time to expand on this tomorrow too, do you think Mizzou gets leaped by Louisville this week in the college football playoff rankings? No. Because it was a surprise to see him at nine with Louisville at ten. You think it stays the same? No. Yeah, I think it does. Yep. I think it doesn't. I think it. I think Louisville winning at Miami and Mizzou almost losing. Like I think if they look as closely as the results as they did to get Mizzou into nine in the first place, like recognize they played Georgia tough, all of those things. I wonder if that hurts Mizzou this week with with barely beating those, a, a team that's not going to But those results make a bowl. still exist, right? Like it's still there. I, yeah, uh, and and you ultimately won the game. I mean, it's, but Louisville's it's hard still that one loss team. They went on the road. That. They beat. You're Miami talking on the about road. a seven point win on the road. Miami is only one game better than Florida this year. Like, but not... here's the other part, and I don't know if the CFP people care about this. I think they do. That was a pick'em. 
Like, Louisville wasn't favored, I don't believe, in that game. And they went on the road and won by a touchdown. Mizzou was favored by 12, and they, you know, needed the last second field goal. I We can debate it more tomorrow. I just wanted to get your kind of sense for it off the top. I'm a little concerned that maybe they do get Look, get I wondered. I wondered about it, but in the end, I... I don't think it'll happen, and I also don't think that it matters because I agree it, with that. Like, if you take care of your mainly. business, uh, and Louisville takes care of their business, and they go to the to the ACC championship game, and they lose to Florida State, most likely, then they drop behind you anyway. But if they don't lose to Florida State, they leap you anyway, right? That's the other part of it too. Like, if they win the ACC, but championship also, game, but also, it even if they, they even if they leap you, then you're still in the New Year's Six conversation. You still, have I some think spots that's, left. I think that's right. I do worry about Oklahoma beating Texas. Okay, if that would be one sure. that gets you, but you're still ahead of Penn State, so I think you'd still be in the top eleven. Like yeah. even in that situation, but I just wanted to ask. I'm I'm already kind of getting into like how it could go wrong mode yeah. or how we could get screwed <laughs> mode. Like winning your game against Arkansas should be all you need. But if the CFP rankings show us something a little different tomorrow, then I'll start to be on edge. Um, but we'll see. All right. I just yeah, had to get that just off my to chest. Get that? Okay. Okay, good. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, of course. Real quick. I can't believe Maryland didn't pull it off. They had him. Oh, they, they had him. him yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Your <laughs> scenario. Unfortunately, we you went through all that work to almost right. get there. Yeah, I know. Uh, Lance Lynn. That was, my last, that, that was my last caveat. Lance Lynn, what do you think? Uh, if it's the only move, I hate it. If it's the one of several that they will make, I love it. Yeah, I don't think that had like, your biggest pitcher you get doesn't have to be the first move you make, right? Yeah, That's yeah, kind of exactly. my mindset. Yeah. If you, if you, they, they and needed a Lance Lynn. And this move, so. it makes sense as the first move, right? Because you already have that connection. You, you know that Lance Lynn wants a, wants a home for a year. And, you know, it, it just makes sense to get this done early, as early as it did. I thought so because, and I saw some Cardinals fans already saying, like, I like this move more if you do it in February as like a last ditch. Because maybe like Lance Lynn shouldn't get a guaranteed $10 million based on the season he just had. But, if a team like the Dodgers is prioritizing him at the trade deadline, it tells you something. And he did pitch better once he got to the Dodgers. The strikeout rate went way down, though. I'm not sure why that coincided with his better performance and what the Dodgers doing that, that caused that. But I think he's an innings eater at the back of your rotation. And as much as the Cardinals do need an ace or two, they also need to fill innings. Do you realize that, like, not only in the like the rotation where you lose Montgomery and you lose Flaherty and Wainwright and Hudson, um, obviously we I don't guess we've talked about it on the show just yet that all of those guys Hudson goes Kisner gone Juan Yepes gone that that happened later on. Jake Woodford gone that happened Friday um, so maybe we can get into a little bit of our Kisner thoughts whenever we have time it's a long off season <laughs> we got a lot of football to talk about yeah. this week but I am. Kind of just looking at that innings log, there's over 600 innings from last year's team that are that are gone, and you have to find a way to fill those in a somewhat quality way. And so I think that's going to mean just getting arms like Lance Lynn. He threw 180 innings last year. Whatever yeah. you think, I think he can probably have the the massive home run rate that he gave up. Probably goes down when you pitch half your games at Bush, and he seemed to settle in with the Dodgers a little better. So I think it's a fine move. But he's got to be your number four. You can't have yeah. him be your number two or anything like that. You got you still got work to do, and I think the Cardinals know that. As a result of feeling that way, I think it's a good move. 
875-KTGR. Call or text us. Let's go real quick here to Paul in the KTGR hotline. Paul, got about a minute. What you got? Okay, real quick for Brandon. I was in St. Louis a couple weekends ago, and they were asking about Dylan Sweet, uh, Cease for Nolan Gorman um, from the White Sox. Uh, yeah. I know Cease has probably been looking at the Dodgers, too, but uh, – and uh, I like Luis Roberts, too. He's an outfielder, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, appreciate the call, Paul. Here yeah, so um, I, I think the – what do you think, Andy, too? Because I think Gorman for an elite starting pitcher makes a lot of sense. I You don't want to trade a guy with Gorman's power, but Dylan Cease, Logan Gilbert, those two guys, strikeout rate, a little it's bit cost-controlled in both a, cases. It's a bold move, but it's time for bold moves, right? It's time to do them if they're the Cardinals. It's time to do him. I I hate that like it's always Gorman's name that feels like the one that pops up because it's not really fair to Nolan Gorman. But the Cardinals do need a move like that, in my opinion. Sign Sonny Gray or Yamamoto or Blake Snell. Gray's the most likely of the three. Yeah. Because Aaron Nola's off the board now, by the way, too, if you hadn't yeah. heard that. He went back yeah. to Philly. Sign one of those guys in trade for Cease. I think your rotation is pretty good. You just got to get some bullpen arms at that point. But it's going to hurt, and will Mosellock do the move that hurts? when it feels necessary that we don't really know at this point a lot to figure out and, and hopefully this is just uh only the the first ripple of what should be a splashy off season for the cardinals if they want to get the team and the pitching staff rebuilt the way that they should be but uh a lot to figure out again it's only november 20th so you don't have to overreact to uh the lance lynn signing it's it's a solid move for now but we'll see what other moves are paired with it down the road. All right, 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us on that. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks to Bill Connolly of ESPN for joining us as well. You can find that conversation at KTGR.com if you missed it. Tomorrow, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the NFL, and certainly what we thought was good, bad, and ugly from Chiefs-Eagles tonight. We'll get to that tomorrow. Will Carroll, the injury expert, joins us. And... The Big Show Thanksgiving Draft. We'll get our big boards ready. We'll draft our favorite foods and try to put together the best Thanksgiving plate. And you'll be able to decide the winner. So join us for our Thanksgiving Draft tomorrow. Here on The Big Show, Mizzou women's basketball coverage starts at 645 tonight. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. We're done for now.